0: series on the armor of god we 've got three or four more weeks left of this actually three more pieces of armor after today and then uh, we're going to take one extra week and talk about something that's not usually brought into the armor uh, but it's it's the aspect of praying in the spirit on every occasion but I think you can't you can't be prepared for battle and spiritual warfare if you don't add that element to it even though it 's not necessarily a piece of the armor so today we 're going to talk about um, We've already talked about the belt of truth. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the shoes. Or um, verse fifteen there says, "Will your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace?" Now, I hesitate this morning to say we're not going to be here very long today, because usually when I say that, we're here a long time. And so I'm going to try not to just go, "Hey, I'm going to get you out of here early today." I'm going to try not to do that. (laughs) Probably shouldn't even said that. I don't know. We'll (laughs) see. But when we talk, about, we talk about having your feet fitted, you know, a lot of times it's shoes that are fitted with the gospel of peace and all that kind of stuff. And since our armor didn't have any shoes with it, we're not going to bring the armor out here today. And it's le- one less thing that I can knock over on the platform while I'm teaching as well. But there are two passages that have typically been used to explain the feet shod or the shoes or the preparation of the gospel of peace in Ephesians 6. One of the passages is Isaiah 52 verse 7 this says, how beautiful in the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say in Zion, your God reigns. And then Romans 10, 15, Paul is actually quoting this passage from Isaiah This says, how can anyone preach unless they're sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, and, and most, of the, most of the things that I've been studying about, about this particular aspect of the armor, that's the passages that I've used. And those are the passages that I've heard people talk about when they've taught on the armor of God. The problem is, as I've kind of dissected this over the last couple of weeks, I realized that this is not, that's not what this passage is talking about here. It's not talking about that piece of it. Uh, it's not talking, these two passages, Isaiah and Romans, are talking about proclaiming the gospel, a proclamation of the gospel. That's not what Paul is referencing in Ephesians 6 when it comes to the armor of God. So we've got to set that aside a little bit. I'm going to deal a little bit with it in the teaching, but it's not specifically connected to the armor. Notice what it says. The NIV says, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The old King James Version, which most of my memories, memorization of scripture is that because that's, that was the only translation that was around when I was a kid. That, that's how old I am. Uh, you know, I remember that, that when, when I had an evangelist come through and he had another translation of the scripture and it was called the Living Bible and he put it out on the table out in the, out, out in the foyer of the little tiny church that we attended at the time and people got really upset because it wasn't KJV because, you know, people kind of get a little weird about their translations of the Bible I was, I was on, a, on a hunting trip in, in Alabama one time years ago and I was headed up to the honey camp. I got off work late here, had something going. I was, it was probably m- close to midnight before I was getting close to Union Springs, and, and I was p- pulling up there, and I was going down this little tiny 2 and the only thing I could get on my radio, everybody remember radios, right? Okay. The only thing I, got, I could get on my radio was an AM station. And if you ever listen to AM radio, it's not good. You know, it's just it's kind of tinny and garbly and crackly, and, but there was this, and it was a gospel station this, this, this old guy he was preaching I mean he was just shelling the corn he was letting a rip on the radio that night and, he ta- and, and, and he, he's talking about the only version of the Bible that you can listen to that you should read is the King James Version and here's what he said and I quote I'm just telling you folks that if the King James Version of the Bible was good enough for Jesus and the disciples it was good enough for me I stopped I just put on the brakes and I stopped I looked in the mirror but I stopped in the middle of nowhere I could not believe what this gentleman just said I mean bless his heart (laughs) the KJV wasn't around when Jesus was there and that like 1600 years later when the King James Version came along. So anyway, but as I grew up, that was the, that was the translation that most of us read. And so most of my memorization is KJV. Uh, but it, his, the KJV does say this, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Readiness means the state of being fully prepared for something. That's what readiness is talking about. And the military starts with boot camp. You sign, then you go to boot camp, then you have additional training after that, then, you know, to reach and maintain a state of readiness. In this area, if you live around here, when I first moved here 36 years ago, uh, I came into work one morning and I said something to Brother Skipper. I said, I don't know, I don't have no idea where all that rain was last night, but there was thunder popping everywhere around us. (laughs) And he looked at me and he said, That's not thunder, that's bombs. I mean, bombs. I've never been around bombs before other than firecrackers and stuff. But it was, I mean, it was, one day we're sitting in our little, little tiny apartment, and boom, they dropped something, and a picture just falls off the wall. We had to replace all of the glass in the, in the front of this sanctuary last year, last year, or year before last, because of the bombing. And it had rattled, and all the seals had broken around the glass. After 20 years, it just, we had to replace every bit of it. So what's, what's going on around here? When they're bombing, what's the military doing? They're getting ready. They're preparing. They're preparing. If you ever notice uh, an, a, a, a much more flying at night, all of a sudden, if you're around the flight line or something like that, jets, and they fly weird hours. You know, and all of a sudden, there's an increased number of flights that are taking place. Sometimes, if you pay attention to it and you pay attention to what's going on in the world, you find out that something's happening somewhere else. It's all, so what's what's happening with that? They're getting ready. The military is preparing for something. Why? Because if you wait until you're attacked to try to get ready, you're too late. You're too late. This is the whole point of the shoes of the preparation or the readiness. Readiness and preparation, that is the correct word. I went back into the Greek. I looked it up, and that is the correct word. Preparation means a stand or a base. In other words, it means the foundation. Preparation means the foundation. Kim and I are in the process of renovating a house, and we sold ours here in Niceville about a year ago. We moved up to uh, North Mossy Head, and um, if you ever been up there, it's God's country. It's beautiful up there. But we, we decided not, we're going to build us a new house you know, before I retire and all that kind of stuff, which I'm not doing anytime soon, but... But we decided once we got up there, hey, let's just renovate the cabin that was on the property. And so we started working on the cabin. And, and you know, once we got everything that they left in it out, uh, we started walking through the floor. And the floor was just kind of like this. You know, and you walk in some places and, and you'd stop because you feel like you're going to fall through and, and all this kind of stuff. And so the first thing that we had to do was hire this company to come in and fix the foundation of this house. Now, what we didn't know when we started this process was that the guys that built this house, the foundation was four-by-fours and four-by-sixes stuck in the ground. That's all that was on this, that's holding this house in the ground. It was just there, and most of those had rotted off at the ground. So we had to hire this company. They came in. They picked the house up. They crawled around. There was these two little guys. They crawled around underneath that house for a solid five days. They come out in the afternoon. They look like pig pen from the Peanuts. I mean, they just dust everywhere. The other side of it is they're very brave guys. Because they crawled underneath that house. It's dark and it's nasty under there and there's snakes and spiders and, and, and I know because I had to crawl under it last week. Now these guys were little, little skinny guys. <laughs> so you look when, you, when you're a guy, a big guy and you got to crawl under something, you always look for what? Clearance. And so I'm crawling around. I'm looking for a place. I'm going, okay, if I go right through here that I'm between the floor joists, I can scoot under the side of the house, go down the floor joists, and hopefully I can reach what I've got to reach without going underneath another floor joist. Well, that didn't work. But here's what I did. Because I don't don't like snakes. Spiders, I I can deal with a spider. I do not like snakes. So I took some bombs, some of those fogger things. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing them underneath the house. I threw three of those things under the house. I let them smoke everything out. Nothing crawled out of the house. And I thought, well, I want to be safe. So I took a rake. And I'm doing this belly crawl under the house, but I got this rake. I'm just shoving this rake everywhere in front of me underneath this house. Now, nobody can see me, and I'm, but I'm being very honest with you this morning. Okay? I, I cannot stand snakes. And the only thing worse than seeing a snake at a distance is crawling under a house and coming face to face with one. There would be a giant gaping hole in the floor. I would just, I would, in the house we had to build a new house because that would literally tear it completely apart, or die. And then would have to get somebody to drag me out, and then the whole funeral thing, and you know, just. So anyway, we had to, we had to fix this. We had to fix this house. And the thing about it is it was all about the foundation. If the foundation, Dan, the guy, that Dan Early, friend of ours here in the church, contractor, he said, Phil, he said, it's going to make it a whole lot easier on you and everybody who works on this house if you fix that. And so we fixed it. We fixed it. Now, we weren't expecting it, the price tag of that fix. As you know, you just get some surprises sometimes. But the deal was to ensure that our house would stand we had to fix the foundation. We had to fix the foundation. I didn't crawl on a snake. I didn't see, I didn't even see a spider. The, the bombs worked great. They worked great. But I was nasty when I got out from underneath that house. And I don't know how those little guys stood it for five straight days. But the deal with the foundation is not just mentioned when it comes to the, the armor of God. Jesus actually talked about that in Matthew 7. He says this, verse 24. He said, everyone who hears the words of mine speaking of God's word, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock rain came, steam streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock one of the things that they did when they, when they fixed the foundation, they cut every one of those four by fours and four by sixes off and they put concrete piers every six feet all the way around and all the way across our house, I mean it's there it's there. They, what did they do? Effectively, they, built, they took our house and took away the sand and built a foundation on the rock and set our house back down on top of it. That's what he's referring to here. When we build our life, when you and I build our life, we build our life on things that are eternal. Here specifically, he's talking about the words of mine. Jesus said this, the words of mine, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you build your house on the gospel, when you build your house on the word of God, you're building your house on the rock. And when the storms come and the winds blow and the the streams rise, all those kind of things, it will not fall because its foundation is built on the rock. But then he says in verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Who built his house on sand. The rain came. Streams rose, winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You can build effectively and you can build appropriately in your life on the words of God, or you can choose not to do that. And here's here's the part of this whole armor of God thing that a lot of people have difficulty with because we get wrapped around the whole... uh, aspect of faith and justification by faith and it's not works righteousness and all that and, and I, I totally agree the way we get in we are made the righteous of god in christ jesus we're made that but yet there is a part that you and i have to play as we move forward in this life and there are things that you and i have to do there are things that you and i have to do and part of that is knowing listening to looking up reading the word of god and knowing the word of god and putting it into practice in our life those what is this what did he say Who hear the words of mine and puts them into practice. A lot of people hear the words of God. A lot of people hear the word of, they they read the Bible or they listen to teaching or they listen to preaching once a week or something like that. Or maybe you get your little devotional thing pop up on your phone and you read your verse and you've done your, your God thing for the day. But the problem with that is you're hearing it, but are you doing it? Are you putting it into practice? That would be like Kim and I when when Dan said, you need to fix this, if we'd have said, yeah, well, maybe, but we're not going to do that. And then one day in a couple of years, we're walking across the floor, and the floor collapses, and you're standing on dirt. Or, or, you're in bed one night, and because there's a hole somewhere, a snake crawls up into bed with you. (laughs) That would not be good. But that not be good. Or spiders. Kim doesn't like spiders. She doesn't like spiders. You see what I'm talking about here? We, there are things you, if you know it and you don't do it, guess what? What good is it? You're not building on a sure foundation. You're not building on something that is secure. The stand, the base, or the foundation for our life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This is not the readiness to proclaim the gospel, which is very important. We should be doing that as well. And on occasion, we have to use words to do that with. Okay? But the real deal is this, because we're not ashamed. Romans Paul said this, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It's not talking about proclaiming the gospel here, but is rather the readiness in battle to stand unmoved against the enemy. That is produced in us by the peace of God, which comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know why many times you and I can't live a place of peace in the midst of everything that's going on? Do you know why worry is, it just ransacks our lives and anxiety grips us constantly? It's because we have not placed, indoctrinated our, fully indoctrinated ourselves in the peace of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we get there, then the things that we would normally be anxious about and worry about, those things are put down. Why? Because we know that we are under the control of Jesus Christ. And we are living our life and putting into practice the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Verse 13: Put on the full armor of God so that you, uh, when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, and then he says it again: stand firm then. So we're talking about the shoes. And we don't, have any, we don't have any shoes with the armor that, we, that we've been using for an illustration here, but let's talk, let me talk to you about this for just a second. I went back and looked up the shoes that a Roman soldier would wear. And you can find some stuff in, in the historical manuals and stuff like this, but here's, the, here's what they were called. Roman soldiers wore a knob-nailed sandal. Not like the stuff that our troops wear today where they lace up the boots and all this kind of stuff. They wore a knob-nailed sandal. It was like a sandal with cleats on the bottom of it. It had studs on the bottom so that no matter how slippery the ground got, this Roman soldier could stand firm during hand-to-hand combat. Keeping in mind now, keeping in mind that years ago, in the first century, before the first century, when Roman ruled, the Romans ruled the world at that time, in ancient days, we didn't have barrages of artillery to soften up troops, our enemy. It was all hand-to-hand combat. You weren't dealing with something fought as far as you could shoot. If you, have, if you could shoot a bow, you could shoot about 30 or 40 yards. That was it. Everything was, excuse me, was done with a sword or with a spear. So it was hand-to-hand. You had pushing, and you needed to be able to, to stand your ground and stand firm. So the Roman soldiers developed this sandal that had cleats or studs on the bottom of it so that when they would dig in, their feet wouldn't slip. That's what they're talking about here. Being prepared for battle, stand firm during hand-to-hand combat. Ephesians reminds us over and over and over to stand, to stand firm. One of the easiest things that the enemy does to succeed in shaking us loose from standing firm is that he tempts us to worry and be anxious about everything. When we carry this anxiousness and and worry with us, we're robbed of peace. But the gospel of peace keeps our feet anchored and keeps us from standing firm. If we are to stand our ground, if you're to stand your ground, if I'm to stand my ground, we stand firm, we stand, then we must have secure footing, and that comes from our feet being prepared, our feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace, that that foundation that we have, the thing that holds us secure is the gospel of peace. If we are children of God and we are racked by worry about everything under the sun, then we're not living our life faith-filled. I'm not saying that you can't be concerned about stuff, okay? But when it keeps you awake at night. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you're anxious about something that's going on in the world or something that's going on in a member of your family or something that's going on in your life or someone that you love, if, you're, if you wake up at night and you're racked with pain and it bothers you and you feel it in your body and your neck is tight and you're your stressed and all this kind of stuff, then you need to go back to what? The foundation, which is the gospel of peace. You know what worry is a sign of? You know what anxiety is a sign of? It's a sign that we're not prepared for battle. We're not prepared. We don't have our footing. We don't have our footing so that we can lean into whatever it is that comes our way. Charlie said something very profound during worship this morning when he's talking about sometimes God steals the storm, but sometimes he steals us in it. There are going to be a lot of times that God doesn't speak to the storm. But if the gospel of peace is in our heart and life, then we can be stilled in the face of it. That's the part of the armor that gives us the stability that we need to face into things. Notice what it says, Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard. Military term again. Will guard. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What is the peace of God? It's the gospel of peace. When people look at you and everything is going to hell in a handbasket around you and everything is going bad and they look at you and you're just, you're the rock of Gibraltar. You're still moving forward. You're still doing the things that you're supposed to do. You're still functioning and they look at you. What is, what is, they want? what is wrong with you? It's not, it's not, you don't, you're not looking at the face of reality and go, that's not existing. You're not, you're not saying it doesn't exist. You know that it's there. You know there's stuff going on. You know that in the world there's trouble. You know there's all kind of things happening. Tribulation, crisis, everything's happening. Storms, wind, all this kind of stuff, it happens. But if the peace of God through the gospel of peace comes into your life, the things that transcends understanding is people look at you and go, I do not understand how you can be so peaceful with everything around you tearing and falling apart. And that's when you can proclaim what? With words. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And though everything in the world falls apart around me, I know that he's got me. And in the end, I'm going to win. My job now is to stand firm and face into it. Worry means we turn our back on it. Worry is an aspect of fear. It's an attribute of fear. And fear has no place in the life of the believer. Fear has no place in the life of a believer. It is the peace of God that transcends all understanding that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus when Satan attacks. That peace gives us the confidence to stand our ground and not retreat in fear or despair. And remember, once again, the only area of, that is not covered by armor is what? Our back. Why? Because we're not to turn and run. We're to face into it. That's why we have our feet. The foundation secure. We face into it. We're not like Jim Cantore when a storm comes. (laughs) You ever seen him? If he comes to your town during a storm, you know it's going to come. Okay, so just Jim, stay away. But here's the deal. You ever watched him? It's it's so dramatic. (laughs) I mean, so those of us that have lived on the Gulf Coast most of our life, we see storms coming, we see storms go. We've seen all kinds of storms. And and I've seen him with even with tropical storms and category ones, he goes out there and he's (laughs) in the first place, dude. Don't get out there in that. But in the second place, it's not going to blow you over. You know? That's dramatic. But when you and I are facing storms, we stand firm. We stand firm. We we have our feet shod with the gospel, preparation of the gospel of peace. We stand firm with the cleats. We're dug in. We're not going to be movable because we're facing into the things that the enemy's throwing at us. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Did you know that the Bible gives us a great example of what happens when we use the name of Jesus against the attacks of the enemy when we're not submitted to the word of God? It's in Acts chapter 19. There's seven sons of a, of a, of a high priest. And, and the, you know, they were going around trying to drive out spirits, trying to invoke the name of Jesus over those who were demon-possessed, and they would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven of them boys, seven brothers, they were doing this. And one day they, they did it to, a, to this person, and the evil spirit spoke to them through this person. And said this, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And then the thing, then what it tells us, then the man, there's seven brothers, one man. They're going, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And they go, I know Jesus, I know Paul, I don't know you. So one guy jumped on these, three, these, these seven guys, beat them so badly that they lost all their clothes. And what you see is he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, just a thought. But if you have not submitted yourself to the Lord and if you've not prepared yourself with the gospel of peace, don't be commanding Satan to do anything and don't use Jesus' name and certainly don't use Paul's and don't use mine. Because I'm telling you straight up, You're in for a beating. You're in for a beating. All we have to do is, in the name of Jesus, resist the devil. It does not say that. It does not say that. It says, submit yourself to God. Then you can resist. We submit ourselves to God by knowing the gospel of peace and by living the gospel of peace. I just want to ask you a question this morning are you ready I'm not talking about ready to go to heaven yeah I'm saved I'm not talking about that there's a whole lot of people that are saved that get beat up by Satan every day of their life they lose the spiritual warfare every day that's not the question this morning the question this morning is are you prepared to do battle do you have the foundation under you is your foundation in good shape And don't get me wrong I think you should I, I get the little verse of the day pops up every morning and I read my little verse of the day and then I get up and I do my Bible reading to, to the chronological Bible that we're doing as a, as a family here I do those things but that little verse of the day is not preparing you to do battle that's just a piece Are you ready to do battle against the forces of darkness that come against you? If not, then time for preparation begins today. Amen? Amen. Let's stand all over the room. Amen. So here's the question. I'm not going to have you bow your heads this morning or anything like that. Tommy's going to come in just a second to close us out. We have the after party. Love to see you there if you're new. But here's the question today. How many of us in this room would say, you know what? I may not be as ready as I should be, or I'm not ready at all to do battle. Yeah, a lot of us. Once again, I wish I could say a prayer or say a formula over you and sprinkle you with water or whatever it takes. But I can't. The only person that can prepare you to do battle is you. So my prayer for you today is this. That in Jesus' name, that you will begin today to prepare yourself for the gospel of peace. Get to know your God. Get to know Jesus. I'm, I'm excited about our summer uh, in the book of Hebrews, Tommy. I'm excited. About, I love the book of Hebrews, and I'm excited about that. It's a way to get to know Jesus. It's a way to get to know Jesus. Look at John Matthew, Mark, Luke, and all the other ones. Genesis to Revelation. Here's an interesting thing. We're going to talk about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God a little bit later on. But the only aspect of armor that's both offensive and defensive is the word. Because the gospel of peace is the word. Here he's talking from a defensive posture. How do you stand firm defensively? you're a defensive lineman and you turn your back the moment the ball is snapped in football guess what you get trampled so what you stand firm the word of god is what keeps us on a firm footing when we and prepares us to do the battle that we all have to face amen all right let's say the lord's prayer together and then tommy's going to come and close us out our father in heaven hallowed be your name Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you, You Love you guys.